I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Money Now Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Money Now Raw, but also smack down <laughs> the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, we Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. The money good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review a very highly anticipated episode of Mandanarao. Yeah, not so good, Al. Not so good, Al. <laughs> I am the type of wrestling fan that would rather... Type of WWE fan, we're talking, reviewing Raw here. Uh, and this was the fundamental mistake they made on last night's show. I would rather get excited and be let down than going with my guard up thinking it might not deliver. We mm. talked yesterday in the preview about how hard it was to fantasy book what Punk would do because there were so many options. There was a lot of ways it could go wrong. The Seth Rollins stuff is a tricky balance to strike unless you're just going to dive into the kayfabe straight away, which they obviously avoided doing. Um, I know it's at the end of the show. And we always do this chronologically, but yeah, you kind of have to start with the headline, the CM Punk thing. Uh, it didn't really deliver anything from a storyline point of view. The performance from CM Punk for me was below par. He's such a master orator in pro wrestling that even when he's got to elevate bad material, and that was kind of like how so much of his WWE career was successful, or he's got to take a story and move it forward in the confines of episodic television, as he did so masterfully in AEW in ways that like other people were kind of like less willing to do, I guess, on Dynamite. He, He just did it. This wasn't the best possible start, and I just had the faith in CM Punk's ability to give the best possible start of whatever their story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. I'm going to absolutely let this play out in what feels like they're going to attempt the Hangman Page story done right, done in kayfabe with Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. You know, that I feels like it's where they're going to go from all the clues they dropped here. But I also think it's okay to expect better, and he just didn't feel like he had that dog in him. He didn't really deliver it with the passion that even when he's had to before, he's been able to fake because he's just so convincing. The cult mm. of personality. Like yeah. Shout out Scott Tailford, who was invested in this because he's invested in CM Punk and Punk's that guy. Yeah, I have to watch what he's doing and it's not going to stop me watching what he's up to next week. But 
it, this just didn't race out the blocks. Was this a victim of people expecting too much, Sige? No, not at all. You should be right to expect it. Yep. This is meant to be, This is, and it is, like, demonstrably, right? But this is meant to be the white-hot product of professional wrestling in 2023. This is meant to be the market leader, the resurgence, the hottest period that the company, the market leader, has um, enjoyed since 2000 for 23 years. The rest of the industry is, I don't want to say finished, that's absurdly um, hyperbolic, but realistically, other than, and I made this point in an article, uh, which I'm going to plug actually, um, it's official, the modern era of wrestling is dead. And I kind of think it is. <laughs> Not financially, <laughs> right? Is there a company, right? Not named CMLL, that is absolutely enchanting its fan base more than it has or as much as it has at any point over the past five years, right? AEW, no. New Japan, no. Is it 2018 in New Japan? No. Mm. Is it the summer of 2021 or February 2020 in AEW? No. Stardom has mm. been consistently very, very, very well received post-pandemic. Um, but then they've just been hit with an injury crisis and they're making mistakes that are kind of annoying their fan base and making it quite difficult to invest in the product because there are, you know, constantly, like, injuries constantly happening. We're entering the era of the big names starting to leave as well. Oh, they aye. need to now create new stars. Oh, aye, aye. You're, you're gonna, and that's a challenge. always happens, but it, yeah. you're yeah. seeing it now, yeah. Uh, TNA, the rebrand, that got some play. Um, what did you hear about happening on the last episode of Impact? Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And they don't do anything that um, AEW doesn't do because Tony Khan has got a very, very, very greedy business model that by definition makes everything lesser than, okay? ROHs wish AEW. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it just very is. good description. Um, and WWE is meant to be head and shoulders above the rest in terms of how popular it is, how loud it is, how buzzing it is, how eventful it is. So you are absolutely right, Wilborn, to think, come on then. Mm. Yeah. Loads of people give them a chance, at least certainly on my individually curated X timeline of, right, let's see what they've got. They've got the person who I want to see in pro wrestling. Let's see what they've got. And they absolutely shrewded it. They shrewded <laughs> this episode of Raw, or, you know, if you don't watch uh, the uh, US office, uh, uh, they WWE'd it. They yeah. presented a bland show. They produced unremarkable professional wrestling matches that the crowd just didn't really get into. There were other problems with it. And they asked you, with the most carny mentality possible, to watch two hours and 55 minutes of a WWE show for five minutes of CM Punk and my God... This uh, it already just does not feel like a fit at all. It was um, like almost impressively uncompromising mm. in how much of a WWE show it was. And I say that as both an insult and a compliment. I've enjoyed the majority of Monday Night Raw this year. It doesn't mean that it's perfect every week and it doesn't mean it's good every week. And I think we sit here and we're relatively balanced. There's some weeks where yeah. like we'll all like disagree or agree on certain bits, but we'll sort of uh, the overview will be not a great Raw, a better Raw, whatever. Um, WWE found themselves in an odd position here of actually having a table setter. And that doesn't, re it's not really a WWE thing. It's not like with AEW where they would run pay for you, pay for you, actually pay stuff off, consequences and stakes. And then it was like, right, a load of wrestlers need a bunch of new feuds. That doesn't really happen in mm. WWE very often. But whether it was due to punk, whether it was due to the nature of war games and the like 
what we think is probably the end of the era of like say Cody versus the Judgment Day, for example. Yes. Um, it did sort of feel like a bunch of people need new things. And Triple H's plotting, rather than his storytelling, is better as it unfolds rather than when it kicks off. So a lot of the stuff was quite dry to the like detriment of the characters. It's like a bunch of wrestlers with nothing to do is not really what WWE's been like this year. If anything, they've actually had lots on their plate, and that's been yeah. such a stark contrast to the Vince McMahon era. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, a bunch of wrestlers with nothing to do. What are they going to do? And what you were presented with wasn't that interesting. The wrestling was mid. The crowd were quiet, but we yeah. make a point of saying, look, it's a wrestling show. Get that crowd loud. Don't blame the crowd for being quiet. So I don't think that's a, a fair excuse. It was, honestly, it was like, it's going to sound like I'm taking the piss, but there is, I think there's evidence on the show. This was recent AEW Dynamite adjacent in the way that people are saying AEW is WWE adjacent for the comedy. I do not need, like, good, not great wrestling from a quiet crowds because that's kind of the problem with Wednesdays at the mm. moment. They blew a lot on this Raw. And I... I will say this, right? It shouldn't have been their business plan to look at, and they boasted about it, the CM Punk social media numbers, the, like, the interest that was clearly coming from people that weren't their regular base to come and see what was going on in this Raw. I understand why they wouldn't be like, let's book a show for them. I totally get why this company, in all of its arrogance and current success, would say, let's just do the exact role we'd want to do and see who comes for Punk and then actually sticks around afterwards, mm. rather than just catering and bending. I do get Hot shot in stuff just because of, yeah. Yeah, I, I do understand it, but it, there was, but you can still there's think... Some, there's a balance in it. There is a me. balance, and yeah. you can still think it through better than what they appear to do for me. As somebody that likes WWE, I still think they got it wrong, even on those terms. Yeah, Punk or no, they were probably always going to book Randy Orton to RKO yeah. Dominic Mysterio mm -hmm. on the first rollback. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that this was just so... I like, just did not invite any kind of insight or comment, even, this mm -hmm. episode of Raw, because I suspect we'll have lots to say about CM Punk. Mm. I was disappointed in this show. I wasn't quite as down on it as many people. I wasn't quite as down on CM Punk's promo, to be honest, because I think they've earned some let-it-play-out yep. privileges. But I also understand the anticipation going in. I was sitting here yesterday going, well, beyond him saying, you know, do I have everybody's attention now? What's he going to say? And it was just kind of like, oh. but then I don't know if that's excused partially in my mind because I think I'm going long-term here and thinking he's, he's playing this sort of role. And arguably... Not really in WWE's defense, but somewhat in WWE's defense. I don't think there's a worse show to return on than the Raw after Survivor Series, genuinely. Because it's the show that's like, right, here's the beginning of about a month and a half of us not really doing much. It's not, and, and that's not justified. They shouldn't do that. Yeah. They should obviously go, you know, go through. I, you know, used to love the wackiness of TLC in December and stuff. They've just gone, ah, we can kind of take our foot off the gas because everyone's going to come back in in January regardless and we can build towards that. So we'll keep Cody busy doing some Shinsuke stuff and, yeah, we'll sort of slow play the, the CM Punk Seth Rollins thing. The but bare I, minimum of... CM Punk, with all the attendant problems and the baggage, the absolute bare minimum, and it doesn't matter if you if you sign him in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's all. It's that <laughs> meant to be interesting. Yeah. It, that's the bare minimum for CM Punk. That's why you take the risk. Like, unforgivably boring. I don't want to step on the dick because I'm going to probably talk about 20 minutes by myself about Punk. I've got lots of takes. The closest we got 
When you were saying bare minimum there, I thought you were going to say the bare minimum you expect from CM Punk is like a killer line, a killer soundbite. And the closest we got was when he took the mic away and said, I'm, and he did the sort of Scott Hall, I'm here to make money, I'm not here to make friends. And that wasn't even on mic. I think that that's was kind of part, little, I think that's uh, part I of it. I do too. I do, this is it. I do think... And it's all going to build towards Seth Rollins being in Europe. It's, it's come up a lot lately, Sidge's point. I think it's the first person to raise it in every review I've ever listened to, let alone contributed to. Another great one. The man over there. Thank you. Uh, about how the... I just nodded at him and did my neck. I slept weird, everyone. Sorry. So I'm, if I'm, I'm not a, just not looking at Sidge for this. <laughs> I just can only really face this way and do that. So Good this now. So I'm going to put over a great Sidge take and people are going to be thinking you go hashtag oh, neck, sorry, neck yeah, health. Yeah. He's right what he says about when, I think this was about a dynamite thing, but about how like this is a weekly episodic show with which we have to review what we've just seen whilst also trying to speculate on how it falls into what might happen in like six weeks. Yeah. yeah. And that's... And near, not I'm saying we've got the impossible job, but in terms of analysing it, like no one's more right or wrong to say, well, the punk thing was crap. Well, it wasn't because in six weeks it's going to look great in a video package that pays off where we're at six weeks later. There's, it's You can't really, no one can be definitively correct. No. I just think the objectively one of the best ever speakers in pro wrestling history didn't give you something for the moment, even if in six weeks it looks great. Just to, again... Not to step on our dicks ahead of the actual segment. Maybe he couldn't. Maybe he couldn't, yeah. Maybe he couldn't. Okay. What was on the show, Wilborn? Uh, well, Randy Orton <laughs> opened the show. He came out, uh, was loving the reaction. He even signed a little toy on his way to the ring. Uh, did his pose. Soaked it all in. Welcome back, Chance. I was actually inexplicably moved. Me I too. Was. Me too. Uh, he looked <laughs> jacked. Is Randy Orton good now? As he flexes <laughs> yeah, his yeah. massive Hulk Hogan 1989 muscles. Uh, he says, sounds like a few people have missed me. Welcome to Monday Night uh, <laughs> Said he's had plenty of time away to think about his Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> but the one thing he'd not done is compete in war games. And when his dear friend Cody called him, he said, of course he was in. Uh, obviously, Orton, war games, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, to be a part of that match, part of professional wrestling history, uh, but he also came back because he had unfinished business with the bloodline. Uh, he said, look, I, I made a name for myself by putting people on the shelf so I can forgive, but I can't forget. And I have receipts for every single member of the bloodline, and I mean every member. And those receipts would come in the form of an RKO. Uh, Rhea Ripley comes out. Um, she said, um, interesting, you teamed on Saturday with someone who tried to end your career, and then you had your big return upstaged. Um, but you're looking more dangerous than ever. Read jacked. <laughs> uh, that shouldn't be wasted. Look, you've come back to a different place. The bloodline has fallen. The judgment day has risen. Uh, yes, we lost war games, but that was just a bump in the road. We're all dripping in gold. Damian Priest and Finn Balor hold those tag titles that Orton almost ended his career trying to get or keep retain or whatever. If it wasn't for you, Randy, uh, Damian Priest would be the world heavyweight champion. Um, so what do you think? You know, we could make hell, your, your life hell. Uh, we could put you out permanently. The crowd is chanting RKO at this point. Uh, and Orton says, look, I've been paying attention to the show whilst I've been gone here. There's a lot of talk about Mammy, but guess what? Daddy's back. And the crowd like that, that was more portable than anything CM Punk said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, it was. Um, he says, I know things have changed whilst I was gone, but one thing that will never change is nobody tells me what to do, and Ripley just laughs and says, well, I tried to give you an out. I guess you're our enemy now. And the judgment day have decided out of all their, their ranks... 
Who are they going to send in to take out <laughs> gigantic Randy Orton? It's Dominic Mysterio and JD McDonough wearing a neck brace. They look like they were 12 years old. Yeah. Um, Orton obviously fights both of them off. He hits JD McDonough with an RKO, uh, but he gets on the mic and says, Ah, Dom, don't go too far because I'm going to go and find Postman Pierce. I'm going to kick your ass later. And Dom's face was an absolute picture. You know what you're getting with the Fed. Yeah. For better or worse, worse. Better. You know <laughs> what you are going to get with the World Wrestling Federation. And that is Randy Orton in an impromptu match with the Judgment Day's Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Being I mean, look, I tell you what, Orton, like, just obviously he is. I don't necessarily like his work. In fact, I get bored of it more often than not. Um, but the guy's a star in the minds of that WWE audience. Um, it feels like a, a Cena thing, mm. where he was never as divisive, obviously, as John Cena. But it does feel like the Christ, he was one of ours. He's gone away. Was he actually going to come back? Now that he is, let's receive him as the superstar that they've conditioned us to think of him as for this amount of years. I just thought he just felt like a, a real person on a fake show, Randy Orton, and that was pivotal to my uh, enjoyment of the segment. And then, true to form, it feels like he's been there five years back already because this was the most raw thing to ever raw. <laughs> I don't think the magic with Orton will last, but I would compare it to uh, Adam Copeland debuting in AEW. And how big he'd, a bigger deal he felt in that first week. But a lot of the stars that came up... I got a WhatsApp, you know, I'm going to have to read this. A lot of the I'm stars sorry. that came up in that specific period were very, very WWE trained mm. in their... Right, an audience has been able to fall in love with them over 10, 20 years, however long it is. And almost by default, you know, like... I'm not... That's not to undercut Edge's achievements, mm. Randy Orton's achievements, whoever, but... There's a lot of wrestlers like that who just put the time in and the fact that they're still around and the fact that they survived very serious injuries and they've come back looking better than ever or whatever it is, there are a cert- there's like an insta-pop that they earn a few of and then look where like Adam Copeland is now. He's settled in too quickly into mm. a new environment. Randy Orton has this baby face who looked nearly done and has kind of returned at his age from an injury that could have been could have yeah. been hit. Him and Cena are like very good comparisons in that respect because if Cena wasn't in Hollywood, he'd still be winding down. So they're both at that level. And I probably I was going to say next week, as and when he probably turns, like it's probably about right because you're getting him at his like the warmth around Randy Orton was always destined to be a relatively short term yeah. thing. What I do like is that um, we said this about Triple H when he first took over. I've made this joke that is Randy Orton the reason why WWE is rubbish because it was for the exact <laughs> exact twenty two years he was a main roster figure and then he comes back for his first night and it's a bad roll. <laughs> but. Triple H had this thing, didn't he, where it was like, uh, is there any bits from Dead's terrible run that I can actually use? And they've been very loyal to something that they could have just abandoned. Like, Orton coming back and immediately targeting all the bloodline and the way in which he can get brought into, like, Jay so on Raw and stuff. Mm-hmm. They could have just dropped that. That had Riddle in it. That was from, like, a very, very different WWE. Mm-hmm. But he's, I think it's worth picking that up, and it's given Orton immediately a reason to be there. And again, like, once upon a time... It's giving Orton. That's what, it's Raw, giving that's Orton. what WWE did last night. Once upon a time, it would have just been, oh, Randy Orton's back. Yeah. And he's RKO'd a guy, and there's your feud out of nowhere. There's, there's life mm. in the character that isn't just, he's back and he's here. It's funny that he's jacked and Vince isn't there anymore, because remember the old, like, nude arms thing when he was like, Aye. oh, clothes hanging off your Randy. <laughs> like, I bet he'd love some of that now. Uh, what followed was tag team turmoils. Oh, boy. Oh, it's too long to skip. It's too long to skip. Sorry, I've just realized we've not got that yet. There's a bit beforehand promoting it, uh, and then 
Jelly Roll shows up and does some silly comedy with our truth. I don't know who Jelly Roll is, I've got to be honest, but I'm not going to be, oh, don't do this, I'm angry about it. I was just like, oh, it's an American musician. Yeah, I could easily infer that someone knew who he was, and I didn't. Babyface has loved him. No way, Jelly Roll. We talk about him every week, in a way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) R-Truth's back doing his thing, and so did the dance. And then we got Tag Team Turmoil. Um, DIY versus Alpha Academy starters off. Alpha Academy being represented by uh, Otis and Akira Tozawa. Imagine that, by the way. Same punk fans, we're going to have an interrupting promo train and we're taking Chad Gable out of the match. Yeah. Strap in. Strap in, baby. Um, so uh, Alpha Academy did get some offense in. Um, they they dropped Champa with his spinning elbow and hit stereo caterpillars. Um, but in the end, Tozawa sets up for a dive off of Otis's shoulders. Gargano kicks out his leg. Champa catches Tozawa with a knee as he's falling, and then they do the meet in the middle for the one, two, three. They progress. Shall I just do all the matches, and then you can... Yes, please. Yeah, because I'm not really going to yes, talk please. about it. To face uh, in the shed. It's amazing, that, isn't it? And uh, five different tag matches over 40 minutes, whatever it friggin' was, not a single advert, and it's like... Uh, wrestling, man, it's cursed. In the share attacks... Promos and stars. DIY outside the ring. Dominated... But uh, Gargano, well, uh, Via misses a charge and Gargano stacks him up for a surprise cradle to uh, continue on to face the Creed brothers. Um, Brutus dives in to, to stop another meet in the middle uh, after it was fun, fun back and forth between these two teams. Um, Julius lifts Gargano <laughs> into a powerbomb from his knees because, of course, Julius Creed's a freak. Uh, and the Brutus ball finishes Gargano, meaning the Creed brothers advance to the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Uh, another fun uh, match here between the two, the uh, four men. They got the standing moonsault from Brutus and a standing shooting star press from Julius. Uh, Woods manages to get over to Kofi for the top rope double stomp backbreaker thing that they do. Kofi misses double in par- uh, trouble in paradise, uh, hits a high crossbody on Julius, but he just rolls through, fall away slam. Uh, Brutus moonsaults off the apron to take out Woods. Another Brutus ball finishes Kofi, and it is down to the Creed brothers versus Imperium, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Um, crowd deathly quiet for, for large parts of this, as I'm oh sure Hamlet's going to get into. Interminable. But uh-huh. they woke up when uh, Julius hit a Northern Lights suplex on both of them. Um, they the kip up suplexes. How, how do you do that? Ah, uh, nah, nah. Yeah. Just He's a freak. How do you spring on your heels and throw a guy six times? <laughs> what the, is that? Uh, so they set up for the Brutus bomb, but Kaiser rakes the eyes of Julius. Vinci shoves Brutus off the top. They set up for their Imperial bomb. Gutted that this went a bit awry because it was basically meant to be Julius leaping off the back of Vinci onto Kaiser to the top rope for a superplex. He slipped, but then the recovery was awesome. It's a, yeah. a vertical, like what? Box, like the rock, uh, Brock Lesnar way. Yeah, yeah. Box jumps. Yeah. Like, how the hell have you found the top rope from there? <laughs> Uh, and they hit Vinci with the Brutus bomb. One, two, three. Uh, the Creed brothers win. They get themselves a title shot. Good. The right, the right call in terms of the teams involved. I started this podcast saying you can't blame quiet crowds and you can't. Right. The Creeds and Imperium especially deserved a little more than what they were getting here. Yeah. I like, they just watched thirty minutes of like, what the hell's this? Yeah. Like there were, and I think actually to be fair, the Creeds at least had one spot in all of their mini matches that got a bit of noise, but it was very much just seen a flashy thing. It wasn't, I'm invested in them getting the win. I want them to get the tag title shot. I care about the little rivalry that might be being built. None of the none of the right pops. I don't know, are you allowed to be a custodian of noises? But like, <laughs> they weren't the right pops. It was like, 
big spot because the Creeds do really physically impressive stuff. Uh, and then in, Imperi- in the Imperium mini-match, they kind of came around a little bit, but then it was, yeah, as Sidious point, it was too little too late. This was such, a, such a misfire. Such a... Um, agenting and show planning misfire. Mm. You didn't really maximize the tag team turmoil format because you basically split it into a DIY babyface run and a Creed's babyface run. DIY, way. Just give it all to the Creed's. <laughs> like, honestly, like, have the Creed's come out second and like get DIY beat into share. And it's like, whoa, they, they've really been challenged there because the big lads and they've just survived. Then set the Creed's on the way and have them run the table. Like, so nobody was that impressed with the Creed's because you've only done half the job. So that you're kind of losing yeah. what you've got in tag team turmoil. DIY are the opposite of over. So it was a waste of the first half of the match. The fans came up for nothing when they were in there. Meeting the middles weren't counting there. Like Johnny Gargano stealing one. Are you freaking kidding? Like Champa looked like he was in his workout gear rather than his wrestling gear. Like I don't know if that's a like the old action demolition thing about trying to make a point. I, I don't know. But the crowd certainly didn't seem to care. I cannot believe that so much commercial free time was given to this a match that actually benefits on television from being broken up by adverts a little yes. bit. Yes. Get like, right, on this, I know we're jumping ahead because it was that kind of show, right? Cody, uh, Randy Orton. Skip to the end. Uh, Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, CM Punk, right? Regardless of what you think of those segments individually, hot moments, super invested crowd, yeah. proper stars doing proper star stuff, and you've got an hour of commercial free, and you hoy the long... Do some moves, fill the time. Like, half of this match was the stuff you see in commercial breaks yeah, when you watch Picture in Picture on Dynamite, and yet you're just, why am I still watching this? Like, a total misfire. And by the end, you just about got there. Oh, cool, the Creed's number one contenders. And with the segment later on with the Judgment Day, you're like, are those belts in jeopardy? Are they just going to strap the Creed's up? Maybe. Yeah. But this match did nothing to get you there for it, I didn't think. I just don't know how you do Survivor Series with that gate, with that buzz, and then produce a show, and this was a huge symptom of it, where if you're an AEW, you're like, yeah, it's not that hot. Like, we're not in that much trouble. Didn't Optics, I mean, they're never going to get the numbers WWE will ever. That ship has sailed. Well, people will have tuned in last night thinking it's all a lie. They're like, oh, it's it just- is, though, mate. <laughs> I hate it when he calls me mate, because it's the only time he doesn't mean it. Like, the, <laughs> it's, there's been lo- like, this was a problem. Remember in the early Triple H days, it was like the wrestlers are probably doing more than what they're getting here out of these matches. And then they fixed it. Mm. And there has been loud, way louder roars. And it's like, well, this just makes it the whole thing look like a sham. Like, it, it is a sham. If you're just tuning in to Raw for the first time in a few years, yeah, they've been lying to you the whole time. This is the reality, and you saw it. First time uh, false narrative you've ever spun. <laughs> <I've done laughs> uh, I was just bored shitless, to be honest. <laughs> I was bored shitless watching this, and I couldn't believe what they were doing. As you said, I was going to make the exact same point. <laughs> Right, if this is commercial free, why are you doing the bits where the adverts go in? Hmm. Yeah. Like, why is this so bland? Why is this going on so long? Surely the idea is that obviously the Creed's at some point are going to work like a 15 to 20 minute PLE match. Like, the whole idea is at the moment, they are these explosive, athletic, freak dynamos. Like, dole out these appearances in nice, short, explosive. How have you jumped from there to there? Bursts. And uh, this was just so, this was such a slog a match, a slog of a viewing experience, a strategic disaster, like maybe they're happy with the audience that they have they're never going to turn it down mm. more viewership, the idea is oh we've got like the, maybe the lapsed punk guys maybe some, like the the absolute inverse of 2019 of alright okay I'm sick of WWE, let's check out this dynamite thing, let's check this out it feels big, 
it hasn't got a stigma of this thing that's been around forever that I don't show much interest in, like ROH Impact. It had that wonderful launch. Mm. This is the inverse. I'm sick of AEW, that the creative's dry, the turmoil's overshadowed everything. Um, obviously, Punk was a big part of that, but he's CM Punk. Let's check out WWE. And they've WWE'd it. Mm. I, I do not know what they were thinking with this. It's a bit of a cell phone as well in that... It, this you book a tag team turmoil match when it's almost a bit of a flex that you've built a division. Triple Maybe that strategically was all right. Well, let's have a look and think. What did people think we didn't have? Yeah, we've rebuilt the tag division, but then a lot of them looked rubbish. And the fans DIY, didn't. by the way, what is going on there? It's, yeah, but it's right. been a disastrous reboot. We were talking about this in the office. You look at the state of DIY in this match, and they just did their moves realistically, and. Uh, you know, like the, the criminal lack of heat that they generate or don't generate. Has their rivalry in those... Twi- I remember I covered them professionally and it wasn't that long ago. Those 2018 matches at the time felt like we are watching timeless brilliance unfolding in front of us. Has this set of matches aged more poorly? Than, I think, I think than, only the New Orleans one holds up at this point. I would say that's probably the, even was, was then, the first of the epics. Like even the, then, I think the bit with the plant... With the crutch, yeah, yeah, and then the hugging in the ring. There was a few instances where I'm like, "Oh, this might date," but this mm. is phenomenal to watch. Like they've just—I don't—they've dated horrendously. Like DIY are in trouble. Is an act that like are revered by a certain group of fan, or an act that is meant to be breaking big mainstream raw, or an act that you want to like have really lovely memories of. In every which way, DIY are just in deep trouble about the legacy, about their future prospects, about how stuff that uh, the memories associated with their work is going to age and carry you through to just watch and enjoy and look back on. Like, in every which way, that group is in trouble. I don't know. How, it's not my job to worry about how you do it, but turn them heels. Got to be the next move. Like, we've seen enough tag teams. Like That's a pretty odd move, isn't it? Yeah. Act like turn this. Just turn them heel. Like, it's not... The hard part is actually doing it in a way where people connect because it's not mm. an instant... Because what it'll be is an each and every one of you heel turn, and often those don't work. Yeah, There has to be something to it if you're actually going to turn them, but they look like a tag team that are already in the middle of that. The incredibly old reference, but I know one sigil at least, like like the Rougeos becoming the fabulous Rougeos. Yep. Boring, smiling losers that suddenly become so up their own arse that you're like, I get it. I get it. Arseholes, I yeah. get it. Like, that's what they're in need of. And, like, I think they can both do it as well. They're both, like, in different parts of their career, they've had it in them. But I don't know. Just the Triple H desperately want them to be, as a bit of a vanity thing because these were my guys. Yeah. You know, this was. Does he want them to be top baby faces? Because it's just it's not happening. Uh, we go backstage to the clubhouse. Uh, Finn Balor's there. Uh, Rhea Ripley's there. Dirty Dom's there. Damian Priest there, and of course, collectively, they're in the fucking judgment day. Now it's maybe finished. Um. Balor's like... Are you call him for the return of some Judgment Day tag matches because this show didn't have any. Yeah. Balor's <laughs> um, like, bloody hell, I see the Creed brothers out there. We might, might be in a bit of trouble here. Uh, and Priest's all insecure. Um, not just about that, but losing the match at Survivor Series. Is everyone going to blame him? And they're like, Damien, don't worry. Everything's fine. We're all family here. And Priest's like, oh, thank God for that. How's, uh, he even asks how JD McDonough's doing. And Balor's like, uh, he's in the medical. Probably going to check on him. <laughs> Because he's, he's had his the life okay out of him twice in the last forty eight hours or whatever. Bit of me this, uh, what rubbish? Not you're not rubbish, but your tastes are. Okay, that's arguable, I suppose. I uh, <laughs> this mirrored 
the thing with Jason, Randy Orton later on in the show, Damien Priest, a babyface trait to show a bit of contrition for taking responsibility, all of these things, and then bastard heels. Going, no, it's absolutely fine. What are you worried about? I like this is what I want to see yeah. from this group. And it did arrest a few concerns. Say concerns. So she probably didn't care. But concerns on my part that like the priest looks like the one that could be really impacted by a big shake up at the top of the mm-hmm. card. This like restores my faith that they're on the right track with it and you're gonna get the turn and you're gonna get the cash in and whatever, priest and finn. You know, the tag belts could be in jeopardy, like this is a good way potentially to put the, like strap up the creeds. Like because Priest will now be seen as the guy that has in their mind made another mistake, you know, and it's I I did this felt real. Mm. This felt other than the fact they were in a clubhouse in an arena with purple lights and a banner. That didn't. But the things they were saying <laughs> felt real enough. I got a few thoughts on this. I like this. I agree. I, it, was, it was parts of this show that I thought, okay, I can see where they're heading with this. Like they say, the Jay and Randy thing, and this here. Maybe next week, you know. That's like, what I like. You know, when I watch uh, my escapist professional wrestling, that's meant to exhilarate me. That meant to feel in my soul. That I meant to just like turn into an animal watching or just marveling at the craft or just locked in this emotional cell of someone like Hiroshi Tanahashi just selling his arse off and making me think it's real. You know what I like? I like reading a map. All right, I can I know where I'm going. I love to read a map. No, I mean like the, the what's, small what's wrong what's wrong with getting excited about the destination Sage? Doesn't just have to be the journey. Small teasers of yeah, maybe next week they're like Priest, know, you what should, is that? Priest, you should cash in on right. the join oh the title God, match. Is that a signpost? Trevor Dame, oh Trevor God. Dame, off of Twitter, made this take yesterday, but others did. People that were coming to WWE for the first time in a while, and there was this. You're right about the AW. Whew, we dodged a bullet there, but a lot of people that are sick of AW and thought, right, fine, fine. I've seen the punk clip from Chicago. And it looked hot. I'll give it a go. <laughs> like that, and a lot of people were tweeting this or the same sentiment, which is. You know, this is... You know! You know! <laughs> this is pretty dry. It's kind of drab. Feels a bit fake. Da, 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 da. But, like, ten guys here who I immediately know what they're doing, where they're going, and it feels quite nice. And it was like, there's the contrast. Mm. There is, like, the... I'm not saying that this is obviously the perfect model. Works better for me than where AEW's at currently. But, as usual, you're looking for that compromise. And... One of, the, one of the many problems with AW's creative at the moment is it gives you nothing even close to that for the guys that you desperately want to focus on. This was a raw of that. And again, I saw probably like five or six tweets. So nothing in a bubble, but I can imagine a lot of AW fans seeing the difference, but sharing Sidgwick's feeling of, I feel nothing for this. Yeah, I feel nothing at all. You go in there, you make it about AEW. <laughs> 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 Love that meme, that? It's class, isn't it? <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, Cody Rhodes is here. What do you guys want to talk about? (laughs) Um, Says... uh, wants to talk about gratitude. Uh, he wants to thank all of his partners in the match. He runs through everyone and he'll get a nice pop and what have you. Finishes with uh, Randy Orton um, and specifically the ending of the match. Um, he got the victory, not just in any match, but in his dad's match. Uh, the other story is, of course, the return of CM Punk. Nobody knew it was going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen because of it, but uh, here's what he has to say about it all. Welcome back. Uh, it talks about fishermen, something <laughs> yeah, it went a bit Eric Cantona here, didn't he? Like, if the seagulls are chasing the trawler. <laughs> um, but he says, uh, a lot of stories happening right now. Speaking of stories, uh, I've got an announcement. Uh, you, you guys know me. There's only one destination for me. I'm going to be the first person to declare myself for the 2024 Royal Rumble. And then suddenly Shinsuke Nakamura appears on the Tron. He tells Cody he's a brave warrior uh, who apparently needs to finish a story. But uh, he also needs to set him... Shinsuke Nakamura, that is. Free, awaken him, evolve. Uh, he's been patient week after week, but he's done waiting. He's going to bring chaos to Cody. Uh, and Cody's a bit confused by all this. Turns around and gets misted by Shinsuke Nakamura. A red mist that drips from his mouth as he uh, stands over Cody, who's writhing around and bows. What do you make of all this? Cody was magic here. Like, again, one of the tricks that he's been able to play in the Vince and Triple H WWE is feel real mm. when obviously I've just said it this accusation that so many characters don't it was very important that he mentioned CM Punk even if just to say well it was a platitude basically wasn't it but if only to do that because it matters like and Cody's not going to come out and go, I'm, I'm across this I'm not like I might not be feuding with him or I might not but I have to mention him because big stars are going to be impacted by this return so I have to mention him I was also struck by the fact that he only did it once in AEW and it was when I'm going to get in trouble for this in the so what do you want to talk about and there it was again it was like Cody and Punk is back. The game Triple H is going to make it so. <laughs> so, like, that was great. But uh, I, like, the Royal Rumble, like, he just, he's, nobody else should be able to get away with it, and yet he does the Royal Rumble. It's yeah. like, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm with you, Cody. Let's do this. Get me a frigging WrestleMania sign that we can point out together. I'm there <laughs> for you. And then I saw a lot of, again, like, my experience is skewed between watching as I do every week, food on a tray, cereal in a bowl, and on <laughs> X and reading like a lot of people that do not watch this show. And I'm going like, well, you're just wrong. But it's a bit, it's basically, it's a dig on Nakamura. So people are like, oh, here's Cody. Like, I know him. I like him. Like, I understand that I should invest in him. What the frig's doing with this loser? It's like, well, I kind of told you that was where this was going about a month ago. 
So I'm fine with it, but a load of people just think that little Nakamura, and I was like, oh, they've turned Cody into a bottom feeder. Like, it's, no, it's just like, yeah. this is the story. Like, it's a bit December house showy. It's yes. not making it to the Rumble. Yeah. It's a TV program, isn't it? It's someone for Nakamura to feud with, something for Cody to do and beat him. Uh, but I thought it, like that element of it came across fine as well. Uh, Nakamura said chaos, which got people excited about forbidden door stuff. Don't. Like, I know there was that Okada <laughs> rumor a little while ago, but come on. Uh, aye, I've got absolutely no issue with Cody and Nakamura as a time filler. The last time Nakamura alluded or was thought to have alluding to a new massive game-changing presence in WWE, everyone was like, that's not happening. Then CM Punk came back. Yeah. So basically, it's confirmation that Okada's coming to the Fed. <laughs> uh, Cody's just got that ability. Just got that ability to make me care. This is a test of it. Because Shinsuke Nakamura is obviously not going to win this program. Shinsuke Nakamura, a, a lot of people, maybe just Dave, enjoyed the second match with Seth Rollins, but the first one was unforgivably tedious. 20-minute mm. gentleman's three. Oh, my God, I don't want to see that ever again. Like, this is a big test of Cody because in May of next year, he's probably going to have to do something akin to this as your undisputed WWE Universal Champion or whatever they call it. And the true test of a champion is can you hoist a cold, not particularly credible challenger to your level and make that program hot, like really hot? Yeah. Seth Rollins did not do that with Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, we've seen countless examples of it working and not working. Kazuchika Okada, Kenta Kabashi are the absolute like dons at doing this throughout their respective like incredibly long, illustrious reigns of the belt. At some point, you have to work someone who's got no hope in hell of winning realistically, that everyone knows has no way um, in hell of winning realistically. And because you can't position everyone as a massive star, all of the time they come in, it's like, all right, this is a New Japan backlash, basically. Um, Roman's low-key pretty good at that. Yeah. Like, there's no... Some of his matches have had no right to be unpredictable considering what you know they're building with him. Yes. And yet they'll give you like, they'll give you the 1% with an LA Knight or a not for 20% me. with a Sami Zayn or whatever, you know, like they'll, yeah. they'll find it. Aye. This is a big test. Cody's mm. going to have to do this at some point. It's the whole John Cena, you know, it's called yeah. a promo kid. Yeah. You're going to have to learn how to cut one. <laughs> it's called a wash Nakamura kid. You're going to have to learn how to carry one. <laughs> you know what it is. There was so a lovely bit. I like. wait with interest to see just how bland this could be because Nakamura's has done nothing for me the longest time. For the longest time. See how good Cody Rhodes... It's like a trial almost. Speaking of being John Cena, they had Cody doing the WWE shop advert earlier on on the show. A hard shift, like selling... You were literally at a merch stand. It's like, <laughs> buy this belt, buy this, buy this, buy this. He's like, we got these great action figures. And he looks at the action figures, and there's a Roman Reigns one and a Stardust one. And he says, they're all available. And he pushes the Roman Reigns one in front of the Stardust one. It's like, you're the best, Cody. I love you. Please win the fucking belt. <laughs> Otherwise, we're in real trouble over here. <laughs> I'm still fighting for this title. And Randy Orton's come back. It's the curse. Guess, <laughs> guess whose tweet got like another. Gallus and NXT UK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Orton back on the main roster. Oh, no. The long night of Michael Hamflet's soul. <laughs> Guess whose tweet got another E added to it after this? Because they've done it. They see everyone said, oh, I'm out after WrestleMania. Well, they're never going to get him to WrestleMania. I remember the that really, you know, like those clammy, clammy summer nights <laughs> that when you're peeling yourself off the couch yeah. and you just, yeah, no matter how much water you have, like, you just never really get hydrated. No matter how much beer you have, you only level out a certain buzz. 
And like, you don't really want to eat that much. It's so hot. I remember back in August, Wilborn, when Cody Rhodes won the world title at SummerSlam. <laughs> hey, vividly, I'm, vividly I'm, remember. I, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. Look, I'm, a, I'm the only professional wrestling journalist around, but I'm not, I'm not a chef like Papa H. If you, if you, if, if you want to cook that, if you want to season that steak a little bit longer, who am I to complain? So, Are you, um, I would complain because you would, uh, if you put too much salt on the steak too early, you run the risk of drying it out. I don't know. About, I don't know about cooking steaks. Has your tweet changed? We should learn. Like instead of the ego in there, you're just going to the only real <laughs> wrestling journalist. <laughs> yeah, but look, they, I, I I really like this direction for Cody, and and obviously, like you say, he's established where he's going after that as well. Uh, but um, I, I, I couldn't get over some people going, "Well, this is completely out of the blue for Shinsuke." They're not watching, and like, and it's and I get why, but they're not watching. Like on the rumble, he was doing the GTS. Yeah. But everything else, he was on about like yeah, second generation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the rumble's going to be hot, and it like mm. if Dapunka goes in, Gunther's in, Cody's in. Like if Orton's, he's not going to win, but Orton's going nine two, except it'll draw. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be hot. This one, I think. Uh, we follow that with uh, the big lads, Bronson Reed versus Ivar. Skip, <laughs> sadly. We I should skip the gauntlet. Talking circles this. around that one. We'll circle back to this, though, because okay. there's stuff I want to mention there. But mm, skip does mean skip. <laughs> <laughs> no more that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. Nah. <laughs> Full of 50 people making that noise. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> and speaking of which, uh, this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Christopher Lawrence. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review, uh, please do so on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating on there, or leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And like Christopher's done, email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Uh, Christopher writes to the Dadley. Safe to say the live show at the Mosaic Tap was definitely Osprey versus Omega and not Tyrus versus EC3. <laughs> it really uh, could have gone either way. <laughs> nah, not really. <laughs> Some great Schofferhoffers, is that? Am I pronouncing that right? The yeah. Beer? I don't, know, I don't know. I drink loads of it, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. Shof, Nicholas. Shof, Shof. I'm going to go with Shofferhofer. Shof, Shofferhofer. It's good. I had a sour. <laughs> and sour was the worst. Like, yeah, like blue, blue, blue black, my eyes out. Black grape sour was unbelievable. Oh, I thought you meant the lemon one. <laughs> and the lemon iced tea sour as well. That was also. So I felt very like one of those good. people on the internet that could do those tricks with their eyes. Go. It's great, Sid. Uh, Mosaic Tap, the uh, wonderful bar that hosted us, gosh, a week ago. Yeah. Um, yes. So Christopher continues. Excellent crack throughout. Biggest pop of the night for me has to be Hamlet's Jeff Jarrett inspired entrance. Okay. All of this will eventually be coming to YouTube, by the way. Uh, my good wife kindly came with me as I've only got back into wrestling via the gateway drug that is what culture wrestling. Uh, although she didn't have a clue what was going on. <laughs> She loved the vibes throughout, proving once again that although wrestling fandom can be toxic, uh, wrestle wrestle culture fandom is brilliant. Hamlet will also be forever known as more as Adidas Michael in the Lawrence household. I'll take that. As opposed to what Michael? Yeah, the square guy of the podcast that you're watching. <laughs> no, I mean like what Michael Lamar then? If you're Adidas Ooh. Michael, uh, author Michael, correct. Oh, come on, correct. Yeah, that's, that's why we're effing. I don't know why I'm like I'm censoring myself today because of his neck health. I feel Thanks. like for some reason, like with a bad neck, it's going to take him longer. His to laptop's not over there when you say. F <laughs> <laughs> he got, he got him. He did it. 
Uh, you guys are ace. I'll be forever thankful for roving me back into wrestling via your brilliant, brilliant podcast. For the five-star review review, please review anything to do with the toe rag of a man that is Road Dog. Oh, yes, <laughs> I was the guy asking about Regal's piss <laughs> <laughs> at the end. Thank you for that, uh, Christopher. I, I'll let you choose this one. Um, I didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I didn't want I'd found it. Um, yeah, what are we doing here? We're going to, to September the 1st, 2015 and Total Divas. Ah, oh, the thing with the road dog is there's no, like, unless you're talking about when he was the roadie with Jeff Jarrett, there's no great, like, in-ring period to get excited about those little Attitude Era Outlaws moments uh, Riddled with just a grim, cum-stained stuff that you like. They're very racist as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's bad and form. It's very, very homophobic for the rest of his career as well. Let's never forget that. So I went to like the period. February to April 98. Yeah. Before they became a caricature and they were getting actual heat by doing horrible things. Bad guys. Yeah. To Funk and Foley and the dumpster match was a great blow-off. Like, mm. that's the best thing that, that knacker will ever do in his entire career. <laughs> Um, love to watch him and CM Punk interact backstage at Raw. I, need I would absolutely love to be flying that wall. I need a bit of that in the inevitable like twenty four special they do on Punk's like Punk's first day back that they'll they'll have filmed him every second of his yeah. day, won't they? Like I need a bit of backstage, and that's what I was thinking with Road Dog. Uh, he would occasionally feature as a backstage authority figure in Total Divas. He was one, but obviously those shows were mm. always what is it like sort of scripted reality. So he was kind of a character as much as he was doing his shoot job. Telling people off on Twitter for wanting winners and losers. Yeah. What was it? That was his main role. As an <laughs> They're <opponent>. all winners. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we go to uh, September 1st, 2015, Monday Night Raw in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, it's just uh, fun in terms of just freezing it and spotting people because obviously they're just walking about backstage. Mm. So I just find this sort of thing fascinating. Like, who's that over there? So Paige is walking about backstage. She's meeting fans. Rusev and Zack Ryder are warming up for a I don't know, presumed squash coming later. I think it probably was. I think he was squashing Zack Ryder and the like at the time. Uh, but the best thing is, there's Paige. She's just got like, and she's taking a nice photo with some kids who are just, uh, you know, lucky enough to be backstage. And you look to the left, and there's just this guy sat there doing my nerd work. I'm in his little blue t shirt and his little glasses. It's Kane. It's just Glenn <laughs> Jacobs doing a bit of nerd work. He just sat there completely oblivious to everything that's going on. Tweeting microaggressions about minorities, I would imagine. Yes, uh, same. Same, same, same. Uh, Setting up his political career. So Paige uh, checks the list for Raw and the uh, live events for the week. And her, her name's not on it. She says, Paige has been kicked out of the club, apparently. Uh, so she goes to see Road Dog to find out why. She's had a row with Ariane, who's Cameron, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and she asks, is, is that is that why all this is going on? Road Dog says, so let me nip that in the bud. We never change creative direction because you and her don't get along. It's got nothing to do with you not being on the show. When we write the show and then one thing changes, man, dominoes fall. And sometimes you're just that last domino. It gets moved off the show. That's just the nature of the beast. You know that if you play Bones with a dead man <laughs> once in a friggin' while. Um, Paige is like, you sure about that? Like, I think this is the talking head. She's yeah. not saying this out loud to Road Dog. It's also one of those ones which is really awkwardly clipped. She's like, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, she'd had some issue with a motorbike or something. Now oh, she's got this row. And so it cuts back and he's like, the fact that you would come to me and almost accuse me that because of something that happened here, I changed the creative direction, that's unacceptable. So as far as I'm concerned, that's strike two. 
Strike three. Do I really have to tell you what strike three is? Yes, um, I don't understand baseball. <laughs> I'm English. And then apparently, because I obviously watched the bonus clip that went along with this where she was complaining about it to Emma, uh, that, I think that interaction ended with him saying, go get your head out of your ass. What a lovely place to work this seems. This is that thing, isn't it? Like, I uh, don't quite know it's what home. I've done. Yeah, it's home. <laughs> it's home. Don't quite know what I've done wrong. So I'm going to have to go see the guy that told me I've done something wrong. What have I done wrong? Ask him what you've done wrong is what you've done wrong right now. Strike two. Yeah. Like if you don't go and ask what's wrong and you're not on the card, it's like, guess she doesn't want it enough. <laughs> yeah. Strike two. Yeah. How do I not get strike two? You don't. That's baseball. Is it? I don't even know. I'm going to try it. I don't know. Take it. Got out on cricket or anything. <laughs> yeah. Stupid idiot. Him. That's your third <laughs> wicket for you English people. <laughs> I guess I just hit you for six. Am I doing it right? <laughs> um, Ace. That's a tennis thing. <laughs> you Tim Hand man. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, man. So, let's get to the pitch. I used to like Sam Press. That was when it was a sport. So, I, I, I went to the comment section. And he it was, was, yeah. Gassy. Instead of McEnroe, now there was a guy that complained his way to the top of the business. He could. Instead of uh, instead of pervy comments this week, mm-hmm. because uh, in amongst all this, it's wrote, people putting Road Dog over. Oh. People quite rightly saying, "Well, this seems a horrible place to work," and just just no. Okay. So instead, I thought, well, I'll bring something else for the boys. It's time to play the game. <laughs> What are the top ten moves of the road dog Jesse James? I found a list by Cheese Man Wrestling. Uh, and I thought I'd test you to see. Number eight. Begging with absolutely no dignity whatsoever. Um, Tony Khan for a job on Twitter. That was one of his moves. Once more, <laughs> what was the uh, what was the tweet? Y'all look smooth AF. <laughs> <laughs> so I was fascinated by this because I thought I couldn't. I think I could name ten moves from Road Dog, but you are far more experienced than I am. So, and I've got a pervy comment, but it's just not from the okay. comment section. I thought, yeah, you know, I'm going to send the fans com- completely on. We're just on working together on this, trying to get the ten because it seems impossible just, that you could have ten things. Think, what? Ten moves does Road Dog do better than anyone else in your Brianna? Shake, shake, rattle, and roll. knee drop. Oh, so you had what? Shake, rattle, and roll. Correct. And shake, rattle, and knee drop. It's called the shaky knee drop. That's not two, but he's claiming it is two, I guess. Uh, oh, the, um, the, hump, hump, the hump handle slam. The <laughs> hump handle slam. I'll be honest, I, th- I thought you would. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I thought you'd get these, uh, mainly because they're the top three and they're the only ones I could think of. What other seven moves does Road Dog do better than anyone else? Did he do? It's not better than anyone else. Mm. It's just his signature moves. Yeah. His best ever move ever, and it might be in the list if this is a Road Dog fan that's put these together, is when he defeated the one, two, three kid in your house two with a pile driver from the top rope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> An absolute killer. Uh. Oh, like one time. On the kid. I honestly, like one, two, three kid. Should ask for like a Hall of Fame induction for taking that just to get that useless twice, <laughs> <laughs> like double residuals somehow. Can yeah, I, can I pay twice for that one, please? Or like you know residuals. <laughs> uh, uh, he'd do the punches, wouldn't he? 
Like kind of almost like Dusty Rhodes adjacent. Is that not the Shake Rock? Oh, Rock. sorry, okay. Oh, he is useless. Look at me trying um, to give look, him more. Did he at any point do... I don't know. It seems like the swinging neck breaker. No, dear, that's wrong. That's I mean, man, yeah, yeah. Hitting somebody with a weapon. Hardcore <laughs> wrestler. No, dear, that's wrong. Uh, I'll do the doo-doo tune. I don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> that's his fourth best move. DDT. So you've got the top five there. Five pile driver, four DDT, shake, rattle, and roll, shaky knee drop, pump handle drop. Did he have an elbow drop in his... Uh... Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember him throwing a drop kick. Bingo! Six. <laughs> you, honestly, just list... Generic moves. Um, from a wrestler in his Clothesline. Oh, yes! Oh, Number nine. Homophobic slurs. <laughs> no, dear, that's wrong. No, I mean, it's not. It's right. Fairly it's certain, I remember it's it vividly, actually. I remember seeing some videos from TNA where it's, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, There's one I think you've you got no chance of getting. Is it a space flying tiger? <laughs> <laughs> no, dear, that's what wrong. What did he once, for the part, uh, do a Hurricane Rana? No, dear, that's wrong. I don't think he could ever do that as long as he lived. Yeah. Um, right, okay. Russian leg sweep. Oh. No, dear, that's wrong. Atomic drop. No, dear, that's wrong. Famous, sir. No, dear, that's wrong. <sighs> you were close with number nine that you got on this list, which was... Not dropkick, pile driver, DDT, or the other big three. Lockdown, tackle, drop down. <laughs> Power bomb. Ooh. No, dear, that's Our wrong. Slam. No. No, dear, that's wrong. Leg drop. No, what dear, that's even, wrong. There's no chance you get headlock. <laughs> no, dear, that's get, wrong. Think more, think more clothesline adjacent. Uh, burning hammer. <laughs> Forearm no, smash. Wrong. Oh. <laughs> Jumping forearm slash elbow smash. That was number ten. How many got left? Two left. One of them you're not going to get, but uh, well, the other one you might get. Just a, just generic moves. I'm fascinated by the one we're do. not going to get. I, I've never, I don't remember him ever doing this move. But and there then wasn't I, footage of it on the video. Oh, there was footage. Okay, but it, I was also like, you know, you'll see a move and you're like, why have you done that? Okay, yeah. Uh, frog splash. <laughs> no, dear, that's wrong. There's no like. I'm trying to think, like, was there any Armstrong signatures? You know, like the uh, like the claw for the Von Eriks, and you had, like, Bullet Bob and, like, some of the good Armstrongs. His, have you ever seen his brother selling in the early 90s? Yeah. Jesus Christ, he was unreal. Yeah, Brad Armstrong was yeah, the so good. so good. The family. Um, I'll go with a... Scoop Slam. Ooh, you know, you're getting closer, though. No, dear, that's wrong. Generic... Hip Toss. Already said that. Oh. Russian no, leg dear, sweep. That's wrong. Said that. No, dear, that's wrong. Sounds like the most generic, unremarkable things that that man would do. Irish whip. Uh, Irish whip. That's a good <laughs> That's one. a good guess. Not Irish whip. No, no dear, that's Ten wrong. Ten punches in the corner. No. No, Bulldog. dear, that's wrong. No, you... No, dear, that's wrong. Gives a, yeah, it gives a clue. I want to talk about CM these, c- these can be belly to belly. These Suplex. Can... Northern Lights. Belly to back suplex was one of his top moves. Oh, yeah. Back. And just call him Taz Jones. <laughs> but the one you're not going to get 
is described here as a leapfrog body guillotine where the wrestlers are in, on the ropes like they're about to hit it with a 619. And instead of doing like well, a 619 or, you know, the one where they like sl- jump and slide on their back and also fall out of the ring at the same time. Or, yeah, or just when he left a skid mark on that Jump boy. on them and do that. He'd run at them, jump, but turn in midair. So if they're facing... Oh, I remember this, that, yeah. yeah. Very, very strange. No, he was an absolute... He was a waste of space. <laughs> um... But obviously, I, I just wanted to read a, a, a quick um, tweet that I saw yesterday, just to, you know, I feel oh. like, otherwise, I feel like Christopher's not got his money's worth. I was watching a clip of, it was Erling Haaland doing a yoga video, and uh, basically people were like, oh, he's got no game, has he? Because she was like, oh, what are you doing afterwards? And he was like, I'm going to go and eat some sandwiches and train or something. And everyone's like, ha, 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 if I was with that girl, I'd be so cool, and I'd do all this. Uh, and the, one of the tweets that I saw in reply, <laughs> one of the tweets that I saw in reply to this uh, was just a short message. Thanks once again, Christopher, for a five-star review review. If she farted in my van, I'd shut all the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Monday Night Raw. So yeah, this bronze breed eyeball match, it, got, it went to a double count out. Um... Uh, <laughs> Um, but it, the, the, the finish was them getting counted out off the back of uh, Bronson Reed giving Ivor a DVD into the side of the barricade. I know you wanted to talk about this. Can you press the button on my behalf, please? And I mean... Not that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, that, oh, my God. It was the screen one, and I'd forgot. Yeah. So I was fully expecting it to be set up. To, it's, a, it's a barrier in WWE. It's yeah. Be, and then he just hit, and he... Like, those are big boys, yeah. and they're not supposed to fold up like that, and him just being crumpled up. It, yeah. Oh, my look, God. Look at the tits. Yeah. <laughs> it was just dangerous in the way that the rest of the match wasn't. That's why I skipped it. Uh, Ivar popped up and hit Reed with a chair after all this. They fight through the crowd... Uh, about three different employees of WWE got murdered by oh, the two. One of them just took a full big lad, Aye. like the whole body. Yeah, one that yeah, one that got like squished by Bronson Reed. Another one got used by a, like a lawn dart, just thrown at them. Uh, and then Ivar hit a big like cannonball off the equipment onto everyone, and they finally got separated by officials. I mean, there's only one match that can kind of contain this sort of thing, in my opinion. So, I, I think I, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah. It ends with a brief oh. mutual spectacular in this as well, doesn't it? You yeah, can tell yeah. they're, like, they're going to like each other too much. Some friggin' Grayson Waller type figure is going to come in, and they're going to be like, well, we hit you more, and we're massive. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nia Jax is in the back. Um, she goes to see Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler and says, well, I'm bloody losing, basically. And Baszler's like, shut up. Stark says, yeah, yeah you shut up. Well, have a, well, let's have a bare knuckle fight then and sets up a match for later. What's going on here? Shane Bay- like Shane <laughs> no, Baszler defending them, and then even Zoe going, "You don't need to stick up for me." <laughs> yeah, like, no, you don't. It's really weird. This whole thing. She's just backstage playing cards. I know. Roger McGuinness. <laughs> Unsolicited uh, magic. <laughs> do a big plug of uh, CM Punk's return, breaking all these social media records. They show lots of clips of people reacting to CM Punk's return. Not everyone, you know. Some journalists they're not allowed to, you know, weaken the uh, reputation of some. That's the bull. I'm going off. <laughs> I've literally never heard that noise before in my life. <laughs> what was it? I've no idea. It was a bull <laughs> alarm. 
I've no idea. Oh, Amazon maybe? My, the pack, my package is on the way. What we got next? Oh, we get... Uh, Where's your package on the way to? Hmm? Where's your package on the way Down to? Down here. No. <laughs> Pete's and McDonough go back to the clubhouse and there's... Pete's good service and pride. <laughs> there's... Uh, there's our truth. He's got loads of jelly and sugar and everything everywhere. He's messed up the globe, man. What was this? Uh, got a few ideas what I might have been trying to imply, but I don't know. Truth, he's confused. He's like, I'll be a partner at War Games. They're like, it's already happened. So his energy levels were spiking. <laughs> and all, that, all that sugar. Yeah. He says, so, oh, don't yeah. worry. If you're sad about losing, then uh, Randy Orton's back. Just say piss off and JD J. McDonald says, oh, I'll deal with him. <laughs> Nia Jax versus Zoe Stark. Uh, Stark got some offense in, but uh, uh, Jax is in control as we come back from a break. Jax sends herself into the post after Stark avoids it. She hits a corkscrew sent on. She's talking the legs of Nia Jax. Uh, Jax sets up the annihilator, but Stark kicks the leg out of her leg, tries to cradle. Uh, that gets a two count. Springboard drop gets a two. Goes up top, but she gets tripped by Jax. Samoan drop sent on. Annihilator, one, two, three. Nijax. Uh, go on. Sorry, it's having perfectly fine matches, but they're basically going to tell the same story again with Rhea. She's a better place character to say you're not focusing on defend that title, and you have completely underestimated the threat I am. And this was a match set up that, unfortunately, they've literally just told that story. So he's actually lost comprehensively. Yeah, and this was incredibly unceremonious, Yeah, this result, where surely it just indicated to me, right, Zoe Stark, back of the line, you've had your big PLE moment, maybe it didn't go as well as we might have envisaged, your job is to heat up the next one. Just felt a bit, mm. all right, what do I watch Survivor Series for? You know what I mean? They've done that as well, the danger there, they did pretty much exactly that with Raquel Rodriguez yeah. to heat up Zoe. And yeah. like, I know that challengers have to lose to mm. build the title ring, but you cannot just... Other than like that, and then because then you've got this roster full of people that have just been beaten into the ground. Oh, why are you? Yeah. Know? It's it's not mm. it's not good broken. It just felt like uh, well, you've had that bit. It meant nothing, and this is why sort mm. of thing. Uh, Gunther's uh, bollocking Imperium in the back says, "Go to see Postman Pierce. Sort out this DIY issue." Uh, Vinci goes to make a promise, and Kaz's like, "You're making the promise. I'll make the promise. If anything, to get it done." And then he turns around, does Gunther, and there's Miz. And says, I see you uh, You want your next opponent to challenge you to, his, to your face. So I'm going to challenge you. And Gunther's like, are you sure about that? We just had the match. Uh, I know I can take that title off your shoulder, Gunther. You know it too. And Gunther's like, nope. <laughs> you are literally no threat to my legendary title reign. But I'll give you credit for bringing the fight. And uh, you do belong in the ring, just not with me. I don't want the rematch, but Gunther's amazing. Gunther is unbelievable at everything. I uh, Gunther TV wrestler. Wow. Revelation. <laughs> that, the way he just cut him down to size and it not compared to last week where you had, you almost want the Miz to fight back. Now it's like, don't fight back, Miz. He has put you in your place. Such confidence and poise and he's he's got the lot. He's going to be a world champion and you can... Maybe even next year. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you can buy into it now so it's quite nice to feel like you're still watching him on the, on the rise. Um, Seth Rollins comes out. He... Uh, is it enjoying people singing his song? Sick naked! That's what the sounds. That's what they sing. And so they sing it every week. Yep. Every then, week. then it transforms into a CM Punk chant. Seth encourages it. Go on, keep going. Get out of your bloody system. That's all you got. 
Um, I don't want to spend one more second or ounce of energy on that. Hypocrite. Instead of talking about someone that doesn't matter at all, let's talk about the thing that matters the most. This title, the most important title in this. Um, I've got to be real. Two days from War Games. I'm not feeling great, but I'm starting to get that itch again, man. Uh, I'm starting to get the itch to be a fighting champion. <laughs> I saw Peace Pierce earlier. Jeff Rollins. And, um, but before he can get to what he's about to announce, here comes Drew McIntyre, uh, who says it's been a crazy 48 hours. People have been talking about everything that happened, including what happened outside the ring. Uh, we both know what's most important. Congratulations on your victory in War Games. Um, I've got to put Jay on the back burner, Jay Uso on the back burner, uh, and focus on what's most important. And that's what's on your shoulder, the World Heavyweight title. Do you remember what you told me before Crown Jewel and Seth does? Uh, when I beat you, you'll have no one to blame but yourself. Um, and I also said that was going to be uh, the best thing that ever happened to Drew. Was he right? Drew says 100%. He has nobody to blame but himself for losing that match. There was a point where Seth uh, was was on the steps, beaten. He was rolled into the ring. He was done. Um, and that's where he should have hit the Claymore. But uh, something that came over him as he saw Seth writhing in pain. Sympathy, compassion, thought by his little girl. Uh, he had the urge to tell Seth it was over, tell him it was okay. And what did Seth do? He slapped Drew. And then, obviously, we saw what happened. That loss was on him to swim his sharks. Drew's got to be the biggest shark of them all. Uh, the compassion's gone. The sympathy's gone. I want a rematch. Seth considers it. He says, look, there's one thing I've always respected about you, Drew. Your honesty. I want to be honest. You do deserve a rematch. Uh, but there are also other people who deserve an opportunity uh, more than you. And that's why I came out tonight. Next week, I will be defending the world title. Uh, and Drew says, well, fair enough. You're the champ. You call the shots. Who's it against? And Seth's like, oh, <laughs> So it's Jay Uso. Oh, my God. What a bit of plotting this is. Brilliant. Felt like Hanford for 10 seconds. It's what I'm saying, man. Triple H's story is better as they're unfolding rather than, like, Drew out promo CM Punk. What? But it's, like, because you know this character already. You know you know <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Seth goes, I'm really sorry about that. It's not personal. And Drew just headbutts him and gets some color as well. He's bleeding. Uh, he lifts Seth up. A huge suplex across the ring. Uh, Jey Uso comes in to make some, make the save with some yeet punches. Super kicks from both of them to get rid of Drew. And there's the moment where Jay holds the tile and then gives it to Seth. Love this. Oh, my God. Best thing on the show. I know we keep saying this about Drew McIntyre. This was fantastic. This character is already, like, the tightest thing they've got in the whole company. But his delivery of an understanding of this character gets better and better and better every single week. You have to, every now and then, have this character for this heel, and he's a heel, this heel gimmick to work. He has to show a little bit of integrity, if only to then underplay it and undermine it, in this case, seconds later. Mm -hmm. Absolutely inspired, you know, scripting, let's call it what it is, for Drew to reframe that loss when the one thing he said he wouldn't make an excuse, I can have no excuse anymore, he finds one. Yeah. And then he negs him, and then he mentions his kid. It's like, you absolute prick, that is the, that's a bastard's trick, right? And at this point, we're all with it, and we know exactly what he's doing. And then even when Seth, who knows that's just happened to him, he's not stupid, he's not an idiot babyface, he gets what the dynamic is here, but even when he says and he's feeling awkward about it being Jay because he's a, this feels real, and he's aware of the relationships. But the handshake is there. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying not now. Can't say fairer than that. And that's Drew's like, all right then, you motherfucker. And I, I'll shoot headbutt you then. I'll just go back on everything I'm doing. And then next week, as he's got this like knot on his forehead, find a reason to fight Sammy Zayn, which we'll get to. Next week, he'll be like, look, 
You heard what I said to Seth Rollins. I was the reasonable gay. <laughs> what a fantastic character this is. Love yeah, it. it's just great. Yeah. <laughs> Capital G, great. That's true. McIntyre business. Like, again, I relate to him too much. <laughs> <laughs> Love that, just that. I thought about your daughter. Aye. You arsehole. <laughs> That's just why like, I didn't pin you. He's a complete and utter dickhead with the worst energy, but like in a really authentic way. I just think he's great. Um, it's funny when his kilt fell off. Yeah. I didn't realize he wore Billy Gunn shorts underneath the kilt. It's fine. Yeah. What's he else going to do? He's got his I thought he has to walk around his trunks on yes. or something, but aye. Uh, and he walks into <laughs> the... He's gone. Yeah, I, just, I just picked up on that. What's like, the alternative? What are you going to do? Walking around shooting nude. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Deck fell out again. <laughs> so he walks into the back, and Sammy Zane's like, what the hell was that? Uh, and um like, shut up. You don't know what I'm going through. Uh, yeah, it literally just went in war games. <laughs> yeah. Same like, like 48 hours beforehand, and I was like, why are you acting like that? <laughs> Kill each other, that's what you meant to do, it's wrestling. I did well, like it isn't. Drew's it isn't. like, you don't know what I'm going through. He's like, I know exactly what you're going through. Arguably, I had it worse. Uh, everything you've gone through, I've had it ten times over, uh, but I kept moving forward. The end game for me is to win the world title. You're already a two-time champion, <laughs> Drew. You're six foot six, you're full of muscle, you're acting like a spoiled brat. You're better than that. McIntyre goes, oh, thanks very much. Actually, no bollocks here. I'm going to fight the f*** out of you as well, you prick. Seth Rollins, sorry, not Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn talking about the World Heavyweight title has done more for that belt than Seth Rollins has wrestling for it. I know. I believe so much in his... Yeah. T- I am starting to, because of the time of year, I'm starting to be like, do you just uh, Daniel Bryan the situation and get that man to WrestleMania? Because he, I believe how much he wants that thing and it's he's the perfect babyface for it. Either he gets this close... Kevin Owens, of all people, screws him. Or something. Like, there is magic. You can feel frisson around Sami Zayn and the World Heavyweight title, and that's going to legitimize it when he eventually wins it. Great. Again, from Punk? Somebody, like, we talked about this in the office. You, to relate to your DIY point about the 2018 class, we've always said, the real NXT is the 2015. He's about to babyface Bailey. Sami Zayn's going to get a World Title push. The golden era is happening on the main <laughs> roster, and I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, then we get the women's tag team. Oh, do you want to say anything on the, the Sammy bit? I think it's really good. Yeah. Uh, then we get the women's tag team title match. I, I don't know if this is happening before, but I've noticed the introduction for the tag team champions, and the only person to get away with it is Chelsea Green. Yeah. It's like Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. She does it all the time, but when they're doing the serious spotlight title defense, it sort of doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine when she's walking to the ring, but yeah. Um,. I'm going to throw to Michael Hamlet. Um, I think this was the spot, but it, regardless, something happened, and you, you might. I think you forgot. I this think bit. I've forgotten this. To be honest, I think it was. Was it the sit out powerbomb spot? Paid the most yeah, attention yeah. to the match in general. <laughs> Natalia, it's, Natalia, it's green with the sit out powerbomb, <laughs> and Michael Hamlet does this. Yay! I'll be the crowd. Sorry, do that again. Yay! That's you standing up for WWE. That's you. That is. Honestly, right, WrestleMania 36 was louder because you could hear that ceiling fan yeah. wearing. A, a pin dropped, and you couldn't hear it for Natalia going, yay! It was, and then that was how they were cut to advert, and yet again, I'm thinking, well, this could have been tag team turmoil. I was just, I felt sorry for her. And then the match is dead, isn't it? Because it's like, I feel really sorry for the babyface challengers. Yes. Who are, this act is on its ass. I don't mind Chelsea. The, the entrance the pop was uh, bleak as well. Yeah. It was that, it, and by that I mean there was no pop. It's giving Gargano Royal Rumble. Yes, like they Triple H 
surprisingly is not a perfect booker yet, and he just assumes so much. He assumes so much of his audience because these are not pushed Shamrock memes. Do you think uh, <laughs> these are not pushed characters? <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not over characters. They're not pushed. You don't know why. Really, they're doing what they're doing, and I guess he sends them out there. Get the and then you just it's shock on his stupid face, can't you? Could say why, they, why are they not getting it? Why are they not getting my magic? <laughs> Casting spells, Paul. They need to bring in a team to maybe make these titles more. What's the word? Iconic, possibly. I mean, it's right in his wheelhouse, isn't it? They're going to be in Perth in February. Is that your new uh, prediction? I, I'm, I'm not decided yet. I'm, I'm still percolating. You know, I want to. It's considering the only one. I'm the only one person literally left in the world with journalistic rep, uh, um, <laughs> integrity. You can't even finish his sentence. <laughs> hey, you got a journalism for that? You got to be joking me. <laughs> Nicholas has a good one line. I got a bun. <laughs> yeah, I got a bun same, same one. And an accent and a catchphrase. Knox <laughs> uh, hit Give him. Me the pop. Knox hit him. <laughs> if anything. Huh? Knox hit a molly go round. Niven broke up the cover. Uh, Natalia and Knox get green on the outside and suplex them through a barricade, but Niven knocks them both down with a cannonball off the apron. Hoy's knocks back in there, running crossbody, one, two, three, and Green just sort of wakes up and is like, oh, cool, we're still tag champs. I, I like the act. Very, very, very WWE. Niven's good. Uh, Chelsea Green has absolutely, like, fought through a lot of sludge to get the spot mm. that she should have. This, again, criticised Triple H here. At least he's not like trying to like get Chelsea Green out there to have like fifteen minutes or something as a got to show him that you can go. No, a really fun, entertaining character would be that. Uh, Jay approaches <coughs> Randy Orton in the back, uh, and he says, "I want to kind of catch up with you before you catch up with me." Basically, thanks for having my back at War Games. I heard what you said earlier about receipts, but look, what ha- happened in the past is in the past. I hope you realise that I'm different now. Cody's brought me in. I've tried to make amends, tried to do what was right. I was like, ah, it's all fine. If you're not part of the, glo- the bloodline, then we, we haven't got any problems. If you're out, and Jay's like, yeah, I'm out. And he's like, cool, shake, shake hands. So, cool, I guess that's the end of that one. Nothing possibly could go wrong next week with Jay in a world title match, I suppose. Randy Orton was saying some things, but I heard voices in his head. Yes. They were talking to me. And he's a snake. He is. Yes, Seth. And for, and for 10 minutes of this show... Uh, 21-year career, that snake <laughs> charmed me. <laughs> and that backlash 20, 2004 was good as well, I guess. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we get Seth and Jay for the world title next week and Sammy versus Drew. Uh, whilst Jackie Redmond's catching up with Becky Lynch, who said she went to war in an epic battle and bloody looked like it. And she points at the scars on her face. Uh, also felt like a night of making amends. There's a thin line between love and hate. She had a couple of fights on the horizon. One was more pressing than the other. That's interesting. What's she on about that? Like Rhea Ripley, she wants a title match, but she's probably got to go to the Rumble to get it. Uh-huh. What's the other one? Like they, I, Becky Lynch is, is that wrestler now that I actually do care who she's fighting because she's built this body of matches where she kind of elevates what she's doing. So I don't know. I, d- I don't know what they've got for her. Nia Jax? Nia, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Good. Exciting. Uh, then we got the uh, Randy Orton Dominic. They did Mysterio. interact the other week, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Pick the uh, the thing back up from 2018. Yeah. Mm. Randy Orton versus Dominic Mysterio was next. Escape. The Orton charm's gone. Oh, I've got a question for you. Probably both of you in this one, actually, when, when we get to it. Okay. There's a spot that I just didn't understand. Orton uh, wrecks him, basically. Dom gets a few I looked shots. at my phone during this, and I saw that. Dominic's got Randy in a chin lock. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, she's stopped doing a chin lock altogether. <laughs> 
You don't have to do it. Uh, is it is it enshrined in law that there must be a chin lock at a Randy Orton match? It's just another wrestler that can be like, you want to get in there with Orton? Like Dominic Mysterio now gets to be voted in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Like <laughs> Nobody liked Orton when I was out there. Damn it. God damn it. It was magic. They were stone dead quiet. <laughs> magic. A big back body drop takes us to a break when we come back. I didn't feel a thing. Orton's trying to. <laughs> Nobody else did. That's pro wrestling, baby. <laughs> Orton trying to back drop him onto the announce table. <laughs> 20,000 people. No one felt it. <laughs> True. Uh, Dom lands on his feet, shoves him into the steel steps. Uh, Orton sells and then eventually fights back. Clotheslines, power slam, draping DDT. Uh, Orton sets up for the RKO, but uh, JD McDonough pulls Dom out of the ring. And then Jelly Roll, who sat there at ringside, gets into it with McDonough, shoves him. Uh, Dom gets in his face off the back of that. He gets shoved by Jelly Roll. Um, <laughs> what a weird sentence to say. Uh, into the arms of uh, Randy Orton. Hoys him up in the air, back drops him onto the announce desk. The crowd like, another one. He's, he happily obliges. Um, drops uh, McDonough with a draping DDT. That's allowed Dom to recover as they get back in the ring. Drop kick into the 619, but Dom misses the frog splash. RKO out of nowhere for the 123 for Randy Orton. You kind of blame them for booking this as tedious as it was. Yeah. It got loud at the points that it was meant to get loud. If I'm being so dry and objective, <laughs> you got your returning babyface superstar, and he's going to beat a loathsome heel who gets heat in a low stakes bit of welcome back and have some fun. If you're a WWE fan, you probably enjoyed this a lot. I will say that. I, I did enjoy it. I wouldn't say a lot. It's Randy Orton. I enjoyed it. I had a question. So there was a bit where. Jelly Roll, who's, of course, great friends with all the baby faces, Randy Orton included, they go over and they, like, have a little hug after Randy Orton's dispatched of the heels. Mm -hmm. And, like, they get quite close to each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Randy Orton walks away and he's got a big smile in his face, right? But he's like, I can smell something, Jelly Roll. Like, does Jelly Roll have halitosis or bad no, breath? Because Orton no, looked no, quite no. happy to have smelled it. But I thought, when somebody's got bad breath, like, has he been drinking too much coffee? No, I don't think I don't think it was his breath. I don't think uh, it was bad bad personal hygiene. I think I think Sidge might have the answer to this one. Yeah, what I gathered mm -hmm. is that Jelly Roll is it? That's, that's the, the guy. That's the, one. that's the one. Jelly Roll had been partaken in a little bit of I think it's called that herb. Ah, he's a doobie brother. A doobie brother. Randy Orton himself has had previous, I think, <sighs> that sort of thing. Mm. He enjoyed the smell, and you know what the best thing? When you smoke weed is apparently, mm. oh my God, other people smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, the jelly rolls is like, still already. So that explains And it. that explains that spot. Thank you. I'm so confused. Uh, <laughs> NXT. Another return on the Raw review. NXT. <laughs> NXT preview. <laughs> <you> wait later. <laughs> CM Punk's promo. We're at the main event now. <laughs> Alien, did you get Randy Orton anything to get as big as he can? You're just dealing other kinds. <laughs> Randy Orton, take me to your dealer. <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk comes out. Incredibly weird it's sight Tuesday. Um... <sighs> Looks like hell froze over. Huh? Triple H said it first. Phil. Bret Hart said it, isn't that? Not Bret, Bret Hart said it. I but like Triple H tweeted it. Yeah. I just I don't, already I was like, heard that one. Woozle Wazzle. <laughs> Woozle Wazzle? Yeah. 
He was uh, he's, that's because he's standing in a WWE ring, not because he's a Blackhawks fan being cheered in a Predators building. Getting booed within thirty seconds. <laughs> it was it was like what was his follow up like? All I'm saying is, you know, I got to be myself. Yes, and that's that's what I'm into. Yeah, yeah, good, honest Phil. Sports local sports rivalry. Yeah, good, honest CM Punk. You can't possibly change narratives like the wind. He has to stay true to himself. That's what it. did he say next? Uh, he's been feeling lately. He's been feeling a bit more like himself. Uh, he's been trying to come up with I don't words. Know who that person is anymore? But carry on. Or that wrestler, anyway. He has two words: cheesy, uh, cheesy, and corny. Those aren't the words, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it won't sound like him, but he's changed. Once upon a time, an American dream taught him that as long as you speak from the heart, it can't go wrong. <laughs> by the way, what a pirate he is! <laughs> I just feel it's not your dad. <laughs> it's his dad. <laughs> It's a bit much, but it's at least as his dad. Anyway, he says, I'm home. And I was like, oh, just shut up, man. Uh, oh, it's just nice. Punk didn't know how he'd react. So this was his home. He's been gone for 10 years, but in that time, the fans never forgot him. Even when he wanted to forget himself, people all over the world never stopped chanting his name. And obviously, that causes people to chant his name again. Uh, the voiceless found their voice. He couldn't be more proud of them. He was back because he loved the fans. <laughs> Didn't know how to speak up until somebody. Uh, <laughs> but now I do. Now I do. Uh, he's back because he loved the fans. He wished he could say that he never had to leave. But once upon a time, a wise man told him that for him to get all he needed out of this place, he'd have to leave and come back. I'll be like sort of cave person to be. Who's that? Who's he talking about, Wilborn? I think it might be Paul Heyman, ah. the wise man, <laughs> the tribal chief. Uh, he hated to admit it, but the wise man was right. Called layers. Saturday night was an amazing moment. Monday night is an amazing moment. I genuinely thought for a second, oh my God, he's going to say Tuesday night's going to be an amazing moment in a second. One day he will, and it's going to be awesome. One day. Uh, everyone, everybody in the back's happy to see him. It's been hugs and kisses on the cheek. Uh, people have been asking about AJ. She's doing great. She sends a love. That got a lovely reaction, I will say that. Um, it's been open arms from everyone. Well, almost everyone. Uh, he knew that everyone here competed to be the best in the world, but the best in the world hasn't been there in 10 years. He understood. They're afraid. They're afraid that he set the bar too high and the brass ring was in his back pocket. They're afraid because the most dangerous man just walked in the front door and there's nothing they can do about it. Some people wake up and realize their efforts to be the best in the world in the ring, on the mic, and even on commentary were false uh, because the best in the world was back in the middle of the ring and his name was C.M. Punk and the crowd chant his name and uh, as the show goes off he looks down the lens off Mike and says, I'm not here to make friends <laughs> I'm here to make money You'd literally just expressed your joy that people were being friendly to you <laughs> Do you think that was him in that moment going this bombed, I've got 10 seconds Yeah. Uh, let's try and be chaotic Phil Like He's obviously gone out as best behaviour punk, which I, again I think is as much a spike mission as an attempt to make this go well Fine. Like, if you're fueled by it, go for it. And then try to compromise at the very last second and claim a little bit of agency back. Almost as a wink to people that want to believe this is a story but can't believe it enough yet because the promo wasn't effective enough. I thought it was the mask I, slipping. Well, and... I, That's I, what I took it as, more so than anything else. I would like to think you were right, but I would say there's maybe an element of work and shoot in that. Mm. Punk's a fascinating man, right? And this is... Uh, increasingly not for me. Which... I think is a different debate to like the individual quality of this promo, which was bland. I think he's such a fascinating figure, and how fascinating he is is how it works. It's how the CM Punk thing works. You know, like he's just this. So the, there was still the um, 
like the, not quite the magic of Saturday, but like here he is, he's here. He hasn't taken the thing off the microphone, and he is holding. And in that in that hand, that microphone is a pipe bam, and he's just like, so he could. The idea is that he could at any moment say anything, and he doesn't. He just goes on to cut this fairly like bland and safe I'm back thing, you know, a derivative of the first dance and several of, of promos he's cut previously. I am with you. And I felt they gave you enough there to believe that the, where the story is going. And I do think he'll be in the Royal Rumble. And I think he's a fascinating presence in that Royal Rumble. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any sort of like heat lost in what he's going to do as a WWE superstar. But I just think night one, you don't need to become one yet. There was more you could have done here, even with the restrictions they put on you, even with the masters that you sought to serve and failed to do. You didn't. You, you, it, the master you served here was Triple H. Because this was a bit of a rah-rah speech. A lot of people, I would imagine, from the AW side are looking on and thinking, finished, done. Like, shouldn't have worried about him in the first place, whatever. Because on Saturday, that was the narrative, wasn't it? It's like, this is the last thing AW needs. I mm, think that's the last thing. Yeah. That narrative has washed away. In one night, that has gone. He has just come back as a WWE superstar. And if you care enough, you will lean in. And if you don't, and if you are just a casual, I'll see what he's up to. I think you already kind of feel... Might not bother next week. That is an objective failure for me of this promo and Punk's ability to deliver the material. I am not one of those fans, and thus I'm willing to keep watching. It just wasn't a home run. A long uh, way short. Yeah, I uh, tweeted when the rumors first started to circulate that he could go back here. That I can't wait for the first promo. It's like my match of the year anticipation station. You've got the most impossible spin. Versus the man most capable of spinning mm. it, right? Like CM Punk back in of all places, WWE. Like he said it would be a personal failing if he ever went back there, right? And you know he hated it. You just know he hated it. And you know like his constant thing, you know it could always be better. It could always be better. You know he hates the process still. If you're, well that's the thing, you, you, who's, you don't know who CM Punk is anymore. You just don't, he's, like, he's, he's the ultimate carny who built his brand on being the anti-carny. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know who CM Punk is anymore or what the character is or anything. Um, but he always would say, you know, it could be better. He would always say, you know, this place could be better. And it is better. It is better. Um, but he was the person who in 2011, when he, or 2010 rather, right, given, right, here's what you do with the Straight Edge Society. The writer passes him the bit of paper. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'll do it myself. I, I think nothing of you. I think nothing of this process. I'm the great CM Punk. And I said on the Raw preview yesterday, that man could put a microphone in his hand and you put a camera on him. And he says, right, here's why I think the, the, the earth is flat. Hmm. And after a minute, I'd be like, yeah, all the scientists are wrong. Yeah. Sell me this pen. Yes. The Vince McMahon <laughs> broadcaster test. Yes. Yeah. The second he said, I'm home, I was like, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Do not buy this at all. And, you know, I don't, I've never believed for years and years CM Punk is, you know, this incredibly principled dude, this one of the nice guys in wrestling. Like, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was having real-life disputes with the correct arseholes. Vince, <laughs> Triple H, yeah. Road Dog. There just happened to be such a volume of arseholes. <laughs> Laurinaitis. The volume of arseholes was so much in WWE that, like, of course, it was going to make, like, the correct enemies. The pipe bomb was like a checklist, wasn't it? You remember watching it going, oh, you just said that one, and yeah. then that one, and then that dude yeah. for son-in-law, Jesus Christ, he's going for everyone. And it worked because all the enemies 
CM Punk made in WWE, like, were the right enemies because we're all arseholes. That was like, you know, throwing like a dart at a board that was as big as that while. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just don't know who that CM Punk is anymore. So that I just couldn't when he said, I'm home. I'm home and I've changed. That was so uh, pointed to me. Just such a marked thing for him to say. Because if you contrast that with 2011, this place needs to change. I'm going to be the agent of change and the catalyst for change. Go to the best in the world um, DVD that was released in 2012. I can't um, change anything from my couch in Chicago. This system needs to change. And the thing is, he was right. He was right. He was. Nine years later? Yeah. Is my math correct? Uh, 11 years later. 11 years later. I'm terrible at math. 11 years later, I've changed. I've changed. It's like, whoa, that is, that is like the licking of the boot. Mm. The licking of the boot to go from that, that. If there was, and I believed him at the time, but the idea that he thought that system needed to change to go from that, like this big iconoclastic, biggest balls in wrestling, will just burn the bridge, will throw everything away just because he believes himself to be right in that moment. For him to go, eh, I needed to change. Like, Triple H has reframed, mainly his exit, not so much the pipe bomb, but maybe all of it. Uh, he just needed to change. He need, That young man, that wayward young man with his principles, he just needed to change. He needed to go back. He needed to go away to come back, and he needed to change. Right, let's delve deeper into that. So if he was a great guy all along and he was right about everything, we wouldn't need to change. Mm. So what are they telling you with this story in collaboration with one another, Triple H and CM Punk? They've told him to eat They have told him to eat You need to go out there. You can't be the anti-WWE heel. Maybe the will, right? And I, uh, I should have led with this. I think this could still be very good. Yeah. It's CM Punk, right? They could be building something. That's still no excuse for it just didn't pass the vibe check. He couldn't convince. He's the ultimate carny, but the idea of being a carny is that you're meant to sell people on something if you're a good one. He didn't sell me on this whatsoever. This could still be good. His words, his specific phrasing kind of bounced off of Seth Rollins' actual defense of the brand, didn't it? Yeah. So again, that potential phoniness could be key. You know what I mean? Deliberate. Like that. I, think it, I genuinely think it's deliberate. I I know, God, Wilborn, I know, but like... Oh, that's my take on it. I, get it. I know, I know, I know, but it even if they are building something... Yeah. And I don't disagree with you, mm. Wilborn. You've point, you correctly pointed out like, the contrast, the mirroring between mm. Punk and Rollins. It's still a crap first chapter of whatever story they're telling. They still didn't capitalize on the idea that this could be halfway interesting. The cardinal sin, uh, the cardinal sin for CM Punk in any context, the one thing he cannot afford to be is boring. Gone. You can attach all of your naive hopes to him. You can enjoy the fact that he's making a complete spectacle of himself and he's like the most inveterate carny with no principles or anything, but it's fun to watch him self-implode. Can't be boring, and this was really, really tedious. It's just when he said, it just, it did not pass the vibe check. You could not believe a word he was saying. You can, a lot of people have done it, and you could placebo it. You could project your own feelings onto it. The body language. It wasn't that roused. Like the, the, contrast the body language between the first dance and this. Mm. It, you cannot tell me that it passes the smell test of 
him convincing me. And the, again, the core thing of pro wrestling is you have to suspend your disbelief and believe it. I did not believe a word he said. I didn't believe uh, his facial expressions, anything. I'm home. It was like, whew, you've, after 11 years, it, it was almost like pipe bomb erasure, if you like. Mm. Just you cannot say, ah, oh, I changed. Kind of a me problem all along, actually. And I'm glad to be home as a more mature, different person with a less bitter outlook. So he's, he's turned into a company guy within five minutes, and it's the weirdest thing ever. And it was such a victory for Triple H. It was the closing shot of the Shield. Him yeah. in that desk chair, like, yep, I'm absolutely here. They made him eat, and it was weird. Like, really, like I haven't believed in the myth of CM Punk for years, but that was still a bit bleak. Like the implications of the I have changed stuff compared to you no, know, this needs to change, and I'm going to change it. You no, know, maybe I needed to change all along. That's bleak bootlicking stuff. Um, I don't think there was anything vaguely quotable in the promo. Um, that said, right, you know what one of my favorite versions of CM Punk is? Even before the Kingston and MGF stuff, when he got like, oh, that's mm. that's that's Phil Brooks, that's CM Punk. Uh, the devil within is starting to surface. Love the sweaty old man who just Me wants too. to, you know, yeah. what, who just <laughs> wants to prove himself amongst the youth and can he still go and do this? Well, Matt Sidell's good. It was yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It was yeah. where it was where me and Hamford probably most sort of I have our crossover. It yeah. was honestly a bit dry and boring. The most basic story of I need to prove myself and get back into better condition. And Jesus Christ, these wins are narrow against these young lads. It was like, it's pretty boring, but it all informed everything that followed. Mm. You can still tell a boring story with CM Punk and he's so good that it could be good. We saw it in the, the fall of 2021, but my God, he, he licked the booty and it was just so bleak. Yeah, I'd like, and I don't really disagree with any of it. Again, I think it's, it's I like home for him. I'm sorry, one more thing. Home for him. There's a different CM Punk in every promotion. Yeah, every year of his life, it's just him, like a complete living paradox of a human being. Should be how most wrestling is, shouldn't it? You should be able to be a little bit of a tweaked version of yourself got, like, to I, serve the place you're in, or the yeah, you know, I like, guess, I guess. But like, I just if you look at his career, and obviously there's a different CM Punk. Maybe a different Phil Brooks every step of the way, right? Obviously, WWE, I just do not buy that it was his home. Just don't. Hate it the whole time. He knew it was crap, and then he ended in the most acrimonious, like, possible fashion, maybe. Or the second most acrimonious. Like, surely Ring of Honor was at his happiest. It all kind of went wrong and right in equal measure after that. He like, said, apparently he was he a dick once. in Ring of Honor, and he had blow-ups with Kevin like Steen and Ring of Honor towards the end and all the rest of it. But he left on the best possible terms in tears. He's on record saying that he was so relieved Tony Khan bought it because it's like somebody could take care of your baby. Like, yeah. he believed that, thank mm. God, Tony... I mean, I have a different time with the relationship with Tony Khan, but the point was... Our WWE was the real home. That's because he's there I, now. I don't want the network looking after my baby. Yeah. I want somebody that cares about the footage and what the story's meant. And it's very hyperbole to say this is the time where you were, like, the cult of personality just kind of fell away and you just weren't in the cult anymore. But, oh my God, that's what it felt like to me. Like, the next year could be goaded, genuinely, but this was just weird and bleak. I think that's it, right? I This hasn't in any way, but I get why it would for others, this hasn't in any way like, adjusted my expectations and hopes and dreams of CM Punk in WWE. I am as interested in what he does next week as I was this week, and I know that isn't necessarily a universal experience. And ultimately, again, to go back to what I said before, it's a failing of his promo that maybe if people came along. Last night, the ideal for WWE, especially after a really drab raw, would have been 
Oh man, he was unbelievable. Like I'm gonna have to sit through it. It's not just I'm gonna sit through Rolf Punks. I'm gonna have to sit through another one because this was so good. I don't know what that promo was. I don't know what that killer line was. Say, I don't know we can do it in this no. context. It's just so weird. But it wasn't that. You weren't seeing that. Again, bubbles, X's, whatever. One last thing on the specific I'm home thing. And I want to know about from Wilborn as well. Yeah, like his delivery. I've never seen a punk promo where he's like stepped on his own dick other than when he said it himself and created that phrase that we've nicked like everything <laughs> yeah. else he says. Because yeah, I got two words. To, and then he like went on for a bit and took a while to get to his two words. He normally nails that stuff. And you remember it as a result and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I want so much to believe that he is like, you know when he, the MJF line you know, where he's you like, know, you know. And he, that, I love that MJF line because Punk's got a million quotable ones where he's like, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, am I the good guy? I'm sure I'm trying. Like... I must say, I look in the mirror. Am I the WWE guy? Sure, I'm trying. And then he's not. And then he's like, the, re the reality comes out. Seth Rollins is the frigging WWE guy. Look at him. And then there's your match and there's your chemistry and there's your... And maybe that is where it will explode to. I understand that people tell me you're reaching bro and you're saying, oh, you know, you're just falling back on the whole let it play out thing. I arguably think WWE in the last year has earned those privileges a lot more. And I think that was a part of everything here. And I maybe I maybe I am clutching at straws with all this, right? But I watched this whole thing, and I watched it again this morning. And I thought, like you say, I was I was so di first watch, I was like, this is really disappointing. Yeah. Like from what I was anticipating, and what we were bouncing off the walls yesterday, saying, and oh, everybody's attention now, and, and understandably to a certain extent, you know, Tony Khan referenced in a brilliant interview with. A close friend of mine, Steve Herman from BBC WM, <laughs> that maybe legally they they can't touch certain things, right? Well done to him for asking that question, yeah, by yeah. the way. Great <laughs> work, get a lot Steve. of that in wrestling. Um, and then I thought maybe, uh, again, could be reaching, maybe this is all part of a bigger plan. Maybe the whole point is, is CM Punk is, CM and CM Punk now is standing for corporate man. He's putting this mask on. He's trying to be this guy of like, and that's all, you can, if you factor that in, and again, could be reaching, you could factor that into everything that he says here, right? So he does the Bret Hart reference, and he's, that's him, that's CM Punk. He does the Bret Hart reference, has fun with the fans, and he's like, I'm being me. And then he's like, okay, mask on, right? I've been more of myself recently, and he's like, I've got two words I've got to say, and he, he despises saying these words that aren't true so much that he has to explain away before he even says those words. Two words in itself is quite nice, knowing what we know of his relationship with DX and Short, uh, Triple H and Sean. I know, I guess I know what I'm about to say is cheesy and corny, but an American dream told me to say, uh, I'm home. We all know you're not home. Seth Rollins is going to say, the, the, what home is now is the only place left to you. The only refuge you can take is WWE because you burnt bridges and burnt your home everywhere else, basically, right? And, uh, you know, he talks about, oh, I remember when I was Voice of the Voiceless, and it's like, yep, we all remember that. It was 10 years ago. And uh, he, he just, it, for me, he was just sort of clutching at straws of like, yeah, remember, because he's kind of losing the crowd a little bit. I think, I think WWE realized that it's not going to be this huge reception for him everywhere they go, just as it was after all the issues in AEW. So why not make him this guy who's, yeah, I'm the good guy, guys. You're not. You're saying all this stuff. You're being incredibly disingenuous and in all this. And I, th I think that's part of his character of just like, guys, I'm the good guy. It's great to be back. Everyone loves me, but I am the best in the world. I have the brass ring in my pocket, and you will not get past me. I'm going to be top of this company. And the the personification for that for me was everyone's going to be chanting my name. Everyone's chanting CM Punk, and he's he's like, right, I've done my 
I've done my corporate shilling. There we go. Mike's away. Let's show the real version of CM Punk. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. That's what I thought was the capital. But again, I understand that you guys are far more knowledgeable. About no, no, no I think it's a good... Uh, it's like what's called... We were taught in school... Um, like part of this analytical skill in terms of like say this is a f- work of fiction. What do you interpret from it? Mm-hmm. We got taught this exercise called a resistant reading, where it's like take what is obviously not the author's intention, but try develop your analytical skills to try and do what's called a resistant reading of the text. And it doesn't matter if it's completely wrong. If you can justify it, yeah. it proves that you've got an analytical ability to think and delve into things. Because media studies is a real subject, by yes. the way. Yes. Yeah, it's a valuable skill. And that's what I think that is, a resistant reading. And I don't think it's there's evidence and you can do it and all the rest of it. But like if you look at Occam's razor, the simplest explanation is likely mm. the correct one. They want to sell merchandise out the arse. So maybe they want to do it for six months. And maybe they will pivot. Maybe yeah. these reactions won't be good enough, and they'll think there's more money in CM Punk being like the, the thing. I've noticed everything I know about that promotion is that they probably licked their lips and enjoyed watching Punk do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can imagine deep down in his heart, Triple H watching CM Punk oh, yeah. from 2011 cutting that promo. He's probably up. He probably jacked it there and there. <laughs> he never <laughs> forgot of having flicked the nose with a tie. Never ever forgot. Yeah. Forgave that. Ever. Like, he's the real Randy Orton. In that respect, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, like, it, it just, like, it was so, I'm a WWE guy, I'm a punk guy, and I have everything I want here. And even I wouldn't deny that this had, like, a real uncanny valley mm. feeling to all of it, pretty much. There's nothing he could have said. And I, unless he was going to be the anti-WWE heel, or the guy no one wants to be here, but well, I'm here, sorry, tough titties, you're going to have to deal with the problem. You're going to have to be the best. I'm yeah. the best, and yeah, like there was absolutely nothing he could have said that would have made people believe in what he was saying. And as Will Bond says, that might have been the point. Hail, there might be some arguments six months down the line if they pivot to that, mm. and he can do his gimmick. And we'll never know for sure if it was the original plan. But I, it just, it again, he's an alleged landlord. He, it's just total trouble in AEW. He's worked for f- a punk rocker working for Fox, you know. Yeah. He can't believe a thing he says, hmm. which is a shame because 2011 he said every true thing. I've never really believed because I'm 38 years old. Yeah, for years and this idea of this principled, the correct, right stand-up guy of CM Punk, who's one of the same between Philip Brooks and all the rest of it. So I never want to put across that I'm naive. And I was like, oh my God, I thought he was lying. <laughs> and that promo, and he's raw, a wrestler, but he's always he's always such a phenomenal genius at what he does. Like, you can believe it. Yeah, mm. who can believe everything he said? I just said like the flat Earth thing. He could tell me that. Like, oh, yeah, you got a point, Phil. He's a great point, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one time I was like, even he can't do this. Even he can't spin this one. Again, it's just if this was, you know, I I think I think you're right, and I think this is the story. If this shouldn't have been week one. Yeah, this should have been. I week, agree. This should have been week zero. This, if this plays out exactly as you've described, and I definitely think we're getting a version of it, and I don't think it's a pivot. I think this is mostly what they got what they wanted, even if it was cynically to get what Triple H desired. They also got what they wanted from a storyline point of view. This wasn't the week to do week one. It was the week to do week zero. I'm back. Yeah. Make everybody, like, let everybody live with the feeling and then sneak into the story. And yeah, I, just, I agree. And, and WWE's just not an elegant enough place. AEW isn't now, used to be. Like, it's really hard to pull it off in wrestling. It's pretty dumb. And, like, I just don't think this was the week for this 
But I think that's what they've done. I'll give it a week. That's what I'll say. I think they saw the survivors. I'll give series. it more than a week, like. Mm. But I, I need to see. I need to see more of this because I, I I understand that me and Eber were like, it's fine, guys. Uh, <laughs> we'll wait and see. But let us know your thoughts on on everything we've discussed, particularly obviously CM Punk in the comment section or on X uh, at What Culture WWE. Watch. They can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at. M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, we'll be here later on today to preview the best wrestling show of the week, NXT. Um, can't just say that. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? <laughs> Uh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.